Yo. Head up, think fast. You're about to feel the blast. It's the dopest podcast on the net. Oh, yeah. All us geeks, fresh your bet. We round the world, we round the net. So get ready and get set. Cause we make it look easy, no sweat. Jeff and Jordan, the host. Yeah, they be the best. From the north to the south, to the east to the west. They cover movies, comics, TV shows, books. These guys gonna get you hooked. Don't stop now, just take a look. And don't forget to sign our Facebook. Cause what they doing is board games, video games. Yeah, they on it. They fly like a comet. Interviews is up. This podcast is pure. Give voice to your inner geek, that's for sure. Geek out any topic. No one ain't gonna ever, ever stop it. So if you wanna go and get it on, then head to allisgeeks.com. Welcome to another episode of All Us Geeks. I'm Jeff King. And I'm Jordan Steinhoff. And we're here to give voice to your inner geek. And I believe our voice is supposed to be, uh, have accents and stuff like that if I was reading the thread properly. <laughs> My accent this week is sponsored by germs. <laughs> germs and a head injury. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yes, and a head injury. <laughs> Which so was that, probably caused by the germs. That's, oh. that's what, yes, that's that's what I'll blame it on. I was just gonna say, you know, we haven't haven't done our NPR voices in a while. I think uh, you know this is an exciting time to be into board games, ladies and gentlemen. It is, but we have to remember <laughs> that was in the Patreon. Trip. So do an entire episode if that the way. Listeners want that. Otherwise, uh, Jordan's request is that you guys actually send us requests, and he wants me to read them on on air as <laughs> as the all knowing annoying nerd. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, shout outs. Let's do shout outs. Because you know we have that uh, Patreon thing going on again. It's a uh, Patreon dot com slash all us geeks. I believe we'll get you right there. Otherwise, our all us geeks dot com. Uh, page has a link up at the top to be a sponsor and of course we appreciate all of our sponsors uh, we have a bunch that are not at a shout out level they didn't want a shout out uh, there are some that actually are at a shout out level that said don't help me out so we appreciate everybody that Privacy supports first. us yeah we support uh, we appreciate everybody that supports us over on patreon and these are the people that are at a shout out level so thank you Nicole Nate Stephanie Timothy, David, John, Don, and Matt. Thank you guys very much for the support over on Patreon. I think we're roughly we're back we're down to like 50% covered or whatever, but uh again, we we're still building up and doing really well, I think. I mean, I think what we've only had to skip one due to something, mm-hmm. due to either vacations or something like that, yep. but uh I think it's definitely helped us having the schedule in place because it gives it gives a good target for everything and, yes. and when things should get done. So I'm I'm glad we did that. In general, I really didn't have anything other than to possibly mention the All Us Geeks Facebook discussion group again. Uh, no, I, I don't have any. Okay, not a lot of those changed in the last <laughs> two weeks since our last recording. Two weeks. Don't ruin. It. <laughs> don't ruin. It. Oh no! All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Well, then it's really going to seem like I didn't really do a whole lot in some of these sections. (laughs) So, yeah, the All Us Geeks Facebook discussion group, uh, if you 
have any interest in interacting with us, uh, that is one place to do it. And of course, uh, Jordan has been extremely active with a few people on Twitter here recently. So you can reach out on Twitter. You know, I, other than some of the Facebook, like I, the Facebook stuff, I mean, I, you've pretty much taken over our social media for the most part for the show. I mean, I, I haven't been as active on any of them <laughs> as I used to be. And I, and I don't know. I mean, it's not like a conscious decision or anything, but yeah, every once in a while, like, I think today I looked through your little conversation on Twitter. It's like, all right, I think I chimed in once. So, and then I tagged it to make sure like, <laughs> no, this, is, this is not still Jordan. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, the all us, Ge- all us geeks, Facebook discussion. You, group. you almost got sent to social <laughs> awareness there. That was going to be so wrong. <laughs> All right, then. Game review. <laughs> Today, we are looking at Space Base from AEG. Uh, let's see. It's uh, designed. I think I pulled this. Yeah. Designer is John D. Clare. And it looks like uh, all the art was done by Chris Walton. And Space Base is a two to five player game. Plays in about 60 minutes. If you get the most recent expansion, I believe, it goes out to seven. So it can be two to seven players. And I'm sure somewhere in there, somebody has figured out a solo variant. <laughs> uh, send that to us if you haven't. Uh, <laughs> really appreciate it. Yeah. So uh, Space Base is um, Machi Karo in space, kind of-ish. <laughs> yes. Let's bring it down to this. <laughs> The simplest denominator that everybody will get. Well, I mean, <laughs> everybody will get that. So, yeah, you are uh, commanding, I guess, your own space base. Uh, and you, st- everybody s- starts with the same set of cards, except one. So everybody has a 1 through 12 card that has some uh, stuff on it. Like, you'll gain resources or whatever. Uh, and then, as part of the setup, everybody gets to replace one of, one of their cards with whatever level 1 card they draw. And then they reduce their income by that or something. Mm-hmm. You get some starting money or something like that. So everybody's re- starting relatively the same, except for one card that uh, you'll replace your, one of your one through twelves with. And then anytime you replace a card, the card you're replacing goes at the top of your uh, space base mat, your your player mat, and it gets flipped around. And so uh, the Machi Koro version of this is basically on your turn. You roll the dice, and it's 2d6, and so you can either take the combo, or you can take them individually. So, again, if I roll a 2 and a 5, I can take the 2 and the 5, whatever the rewards are, on the uh, bottom of my sheet, bottom of my player board, as as the player, uh, and or I can take the 7. So, whichever way the rewards work better for me for that turn, I take those, but your opponents can do the same with any cards they have on top. Uh, so any cards that you've flipped over and put on top, uh, whatever those rewards are for being, I think it's, that's not the deployed, is it? I forget the terminology. But basically, the if they're up top, uh, you get those when it's not your turn. And so the uh, other players also get to choose. So they don't ha- they're not tied to what you picked. So if I said, oh, I'm taking the seven, Everybody around the table doesn't have to take the seven. They can take the two to five, uh, the two and five, or the seven. And basically, uh, you play that out. I forget what the end game is. Is it like 40 victory points or whatever they're calling them? Because it's not your gold. It's actual points that you're you're putting together. So 40 points 
triggers the end, and then whoever has the most points at the end of the game, you basically finish out the round. And again, on your turn, you roll the dice, you decide how you're collecting your rewards as the active player and and as the non-active players, and then you activate the cards that you can and you collect whatever you can, and you can buy a card uh, on your turn unless you have some ability or something that says, hey, I get a card plus an, an, another buy. Because when you're buying a card, regardless of the cost, you lose all your gold for, yes. the, for the turn. So where you might get two buys in is some of the abilities say, hey, you can buy a card, but you only pay the actual gold cost of it for now because you still get your buy action. Um, so there there are a few of those in there. So you might get you might get a couple buys. And I think there's a couple that's like, just take. Like, mm-hmm. you get to take this. Um, so you might gain some extra cards. But basically, on a base turn, you will buy a card. And this is, again, a- after you've rolled the dice. So you, r- you roll the dice, you take care of whatever you're going to get, then you buy a card if you want to. And again, uh, the number on it, you put that in that place and you replace the card that's there. And that that card goes up top to be kind of your off-action mm-hmm. rewards or off-player rewards. And you you can have multiple. So those can all stack. So you're, you're only going to ever have one card on the bottom for a number when you're the active player. But you can have multiple cards up top as the non-active player. And you get to basically trigger them all if that number comes up on the dice roll and you take those rewards. And then after you've done all that and you, you've basically taken care of replacing your cards and all that stuff, you move your gold back up to wherever your income is currently at. So that's your starting point for the next player. You can or next uh, play. You can gain more gold based off of what happens. So again, your your rolling of the dice could give you more gold, but you're, you're always going to at least have wherever your income is. And that's some of the rewards you can get as well as you can increase your income so that at the start of every game or every turn, you're starting with more gold. And again, um, 40 points triggers the end game. And then whoever has the most points wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and I we should say that that's some of the rewards as well. Some of the rewards will give you instant points, victory points. Uh, some of it is based off of the cards you have in your base. Some of those will give you points at the end of the game as well. And again, you gather up all your points and whoever has the most wins. Okay. So components for space base. You there's uh so the the cards that you're uh buying and putting on your base and the ones you start with, they're all like I don't even remember what that size is called. They're 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 small skinny cards. They're they're I'm, yeah, they're not playing. I'm not talking size. bridge skinny. I'm talking skinnier than that. These are these are very small cards uh, that get put on your board. So you get a player board. All of these, uh, like, like you're one through twelve cards. Yeah, not I mean, quite that small. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, because they're they're longer. They're a little bit skinny. They're, yeah. they're skinny but longer. So they're they're really small cards, which is okay and not okay at times. I mean, it's 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 okay, especially if you are playing with more players. It does help reduce the table size that you need, but some of them are a little hard to handle at times, Uh, especially like moving them up to the top of the board and then sliding all over the place. And and and, uh, And if you're a diehard sleever, yeah, you're not. Oh, if you, oh, I can't. So in the expansion, they give you the sleeves for these cards. Uh, I have not fit the box. Yeah, that's a that's a whole different thing. Uh, 
don't. We're not reviewing the bad corporate decisions that came after. <laughs> you won't like me when I'm angry. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the, the, the small cards are again, are great for controlling your table space needed, especially if you're playing for more with more players. Like, so this goes up to five with the base up to seven with the one expansion. And even, even with the smaller cards, this takes up a fair amount of table space once you kind of spread it out because of how many cards are out for you to buy and 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 all of that. There's like six um, cards in each row, something like yeah, that. Yeah, and, and then each and player's then again that little pl- tableau. Yeah, the tableau is not that small either. All right, so the tableaus are all um, chipboard mm-hmm. cards. There's a ton of cards, like we said, that are the the smaller cards. Uh, there's a bunch of cubes, charge cubes. That's what it's called. It's not. You're, you're, oh no, char, charge cubes is for charging up abilities that you can use later. Right. That's what those are for. Uh, so yeah, a bunch of like the translucent cubes, um, they use in here, which makes sense for, you know, the kind of, it looks good for the space theme. So the 30 white translucent ones are the charge cubes. The credit cubes are yellow. So those are the ones that track how much gold or credits you have right now. Uh, the income cubes are the translucent green. And that again is like where you start with your income before you start earning for your turn. And then the victory point cubes uh, are blue, translucent blue. And the credit income and victory point cubes, there's five of each of those because there's one per player because you're actually tracking on a track on your player board uh, for all of those. And then, of course, there's the two six sided dice that we uh, talked about. That's kind of the main part of, of the game. And then the rule book, and that's uh, it. And again, it's it takes up a fair amount of space, even with these small cards. Your player board, which is pretty decent size. Again, it has to hold these one through twelve of these cards side by side, uh, and it's got your trackers on it. So it's a fairly decent sized chipboard that you're uh, controlling your tableau on. And then there are uh, level one, level two, and level three ships or rockets or whatever ships ships, yeah there's like level one level two level three ships that you can buy and each of those has six cards out of time that you see for each level there's 12 colony cards and those are all spread out Mm -hmm. um so you can see them all so uh, again even though these are smaller skinnier cards that's that's a lot of spread and yeah so overall for components what did you think of of the components I think I meant half mentioned my only gripe and we'll talk about it some more, but <laughs> um, for the most part, I think the componentry is pretty good. Um, this is usually where I'll mention the artwork and the artwork was not bad. Uh, it, it does its job. It's just, it's there, you know, the ships are recognizable, but I don't think it's all that great. It didn't engage me. And for the most part, I was just looking at abilities more so than pretty pictures. But the cardboard itself is pretty good. The The cards are, like we talked about, kind of a strange shape, but it serves the function of being a potentially pretty real estate-heavy game if you're on a small table. Mm-hmm. And the only complaint I have is uh, the player boards. I think given the amount of cubes that are moving around and the things to track, I think indentations or something might have been uh, a, better, a better idea than just flat. Yeah, I I actually just saw today that they shared out somebody make like an like an Etsy or what like a three D printed mm-hmm. cube, cube controller. That's a good idea because yeah. uh, the board itself it gives you everything you need. 
but keeping your cards lined up, keeping your cubes on their spot, blah, blah, blah. It's if you're a, a handsy player like me, not not in that way. Um, I mean, <laughs> I'm not those saucy fingers. Exactly. Like me. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I'm knocking those cubes all over the place and then trying to. I was always disturbing a column of cards when I was trying to fl- swap cards around. So, yeah. um, so that's definitely something that could have, uh, maybe added a buck to the price, but to get it indented or, you know, just a plastic insert to put everything in or something, yeah. you know, but that doesn't, that doesn't detract from the game. The component overall is, is pretty good. It's, it's nothing super spectacular. There's a couple of there's, I think, obviously, cause I just talked about it. They could have gone, you know, a step or two beyond, but. Not having done that doesn't detract from the game. Yeah, I would have liked slightly indented player boards as well for for the cubes. That makes total sense, especially as much as you're interacting with that board. I mean, mm-hmm. that's almost a every turn kind of thing after the first couple turns. Like the first couple turns, you might be gathering stuff up or whatever, but yep. it, it doesn't take you long to where you're starting to like buy cards and swap them out and stuff. And and the biggest thing I problem I had was the keeping the the top of the board. Because one, you're you're again trying not to um, encroach too much on on overall table space, but uh, you know you really only need the little bit that you need to know about for your rewards and stuff show, uh, sticking out and showing. And so constantly trying to do that, and then it slipping under the board or whatever. I mean, there was just a lot of oh, I need to pull this back out, restraighten it up, put it back. That was the only piece that was. A little finicky to me, a little fiddly. Um, I understand what they were going for with it. I, I appreciate what they were going for with it. But I, I don't know if it was the combination of how small the cards are and everything. It just w- didn't flow well to kind of push those back there or whatever. But I'll preface that as well with it wasn't the biggest detractor. I mean, it wasn't like something that, that makes me not want to play this game. I I want to play the game and stuff. So it, it wasn't... Good, because it's on the 10. Yeah, it's on the 10 by 10. It just bothered me. And I also think that's where, and now that we're going to play it, you know, up to 10 times or more, that's where I wonder if we're going to run into issues with, I mean, the cards are going to start bending or showing wear or stuff like that, because I know it was hard as heck to pick them up at times, and I think I almost bent a couple trying to get them up just from that. And I don't. I don't think putting the sleeves on is going to help that. I think it hurt it more no, than it anything. It might be worth it to break out one of your, like, the old Pathfinder game. Matt or yeah. something like that, yeah. So, yeah. So, overall, I think the components are, are good. There's nothing here inherently that's, like, weak. Uh, I do agree with you. There's a couple spots where it would have been nice to go a little above and beyond, like with the indenting. And, if, and I almost wish... Even though, again, I know it's partially table space related, but even extending out that mat so that you're not, or that player board, so that you're not putting the cards above underneath, mm-hmm. but maybe on top so that you're not trying to get them out that way or something like that. I was fine with the artwork, but... That's not bad. No, it's just... Uh, but I'm with you. I mean, it wasn't like I was... It, we weren't like... It's better than I can do. <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't one of those games where sometimes you and I... After, like especially afterwards go okay well let me get, hand me a deck of cards let me look through this some more mm-hmm. we didn't get that reaction but i didn't mind it i i liked it if anything i kind of wish like some of the i want to see like more of this like more yeah. of what's on the cover because yeah. you know uh they have characters and stuff like that where really while you're playing you're just getting the ships right or, but yes overall components 
solid. I have a little concern with how well the cards are going to hold up over time, though. You know, we talked about this when we talked about inserts, you know, box inserts and mm-hmm. the, the rise of broken dope and stuff like that. And it just seems like kind of following that along, and I'm, I'm sure I'm going to be devastated. <laughs> like the, the the companies have have you know they acknowledge the existence of broken token and stuff like that so they don't put as much effort into their inserts and now it's like they acknowledge the existence of people especially with the advent of inexpensive but good quality 3d printing mm-hmm. people are going to do stuff like wingspan mm-hmm. or these trays now that you just talked about so we can we can cheap out because the people that really love the games are going to do their own thing mm-hmm. <laughs> and and i think I don't think it's necessarily quite that one-to-one, but that's what rattles around in the back of my brain sometimes. Well, JT and I have had conversations on, you know, that other podcast. Uh, (laughs) 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 It's in in the network. I suppose I can say the name, right? The GameCrafter official podcast, uh, where we talk about designing games and stuff uh, sometimes. And one of the conversations we had not too long ago was putting out the best version of your game that you want out there right so it it was kind of around can i cut corners or can i do this here or there and it's it had always kind of boiled down so for instance one of my games we were talking about would be way too expensive to put out i think the way i want to so i want to revisit the game and see where i can cut and part of it is because of like box size and stuff like that and jt's like well what if you did this what if you did that i said uh, and i think Part of it too was again to put it out in the game crafter would be to use sticker dice. And I don't want to stick my customers with sticker dice because I know I hate sticker dice. <laughs> and he's like, but maybe that's the best version of your game for the price that you put out there that people could do. And I'm like, yeah, that's not me though. That's, that's not what I want my brand to be. So it, it's kind of the same. It's kind of maybe the same thing here. It's like, so they, they've put out, and, and I'm talking about the general day, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, but we have this game here that we're specifically talking about right now. And it's, they put out a version that's very playable. That, that has has really no issues, right? There, it is not missing anything, but there are a couple spots that could have maybe gone a little bit more. And like you said, okay, so it'll add X cost to it. And then you got to do the times five for the MSRP and all that stuff. So would it have been a buck or would it have been like three or four bucks to do that kind of thing? You know what I mean? So in some ways I get it. In some ways I was, I would rather just say I'll pay it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that that that's the version I want. But I'm also the that person that maybe we're talking about. Because, again, you know, I, I, I don't think I would prefer that the inserts are in the game and all that kind of stuff and, and, and work for the game instead of me trying to buy a different insert. But I'm also on, this, on the flip side. I'm the guy that bought all the extra stuff for Wingspan, right? That some other person put out to to kind of mm-hmm. pimp out the version that we play. Well, I look at that. As, uh, Wingspan was a bad example because that stuff kind of beautifies the game in a way that the, the core components don't. But the core components were not bad. Right. They're just different. Yeah. The core components here, like the tray, you know, it, it, again, not bad. Not bad. But easy. Uh, and I, I understand in, the cost calculations. Right. And I understand yep. the... The, the time to print or the time to manufacture and all this. I, I get that. You know, I'm just looking at this as. But but you're right, because, again, I, I, I agree with you and I would pay the extra for something because we are. Oh, I'll, I'll speak, I am one of those gamers. that's like I'm adjusting something and bump. OK, where the hell were my five cubes at? Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. 
Um, I'm having that conversation with somebody I'm collaborating with right now. It's like, I can totally see this because it's, it's a rolling right on a map that we're working on. And, but we have pieces on the map and I'm like, uh, we need to figure out a way for when this gets knocked around. Cause not, not if it happens, when it happens, <laughs> I'm, I'm clumsy and that is generous. Yeah. That is, I, I'm a disaster at times. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, the game as is, is playable, is solid. It, there's nothing wrong with it, but there are a couple spots we would have loved to have seen them kind of just kind of go the, the next route. And honestly, uh, as much as we plan on playing this, I may be, and again, it was AEG that, that, showed that off that was like hey check out these um i may try to track that where that is and grab some for us because <laughs> i don't want the cubes getting knocked all over the table <laughs> and they will <laughs> well if i have another game like last time yeah they will <laughs> okay mechanics mechanics for space space maybe that's why we couldn't figure out if we reviewed it or not we i think we may have had a decent conversation around our first play in in what we played yeah <laughs> so yeah we we spent some time trying to figure out have we already reviewed space base because <laughs> we talked about it quite a bit all right so the mechanics for space base uh again it's pretty much uh card drafting and dice rolling a little bit of dice mitigation not so much drafting not not as buying oh uh, i mean it's it's drafting well okay i it, it's still it's still considered kind of drafting, but I understand what you're saying. I mean, because you're doing the same thing in like Star Realms and stuff like that. You're you're drafting your cards by purchasing them. All right, tech. Okay, and the, yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'll give you a technicality. <laughs> yeah, so it it is considered that at least in in the general mechanism sense of of the definition. At our general definition, so. okay, <laughs> okay, Jeff, we'll go with drafting. Uh, Soft is such a good start. I'm so glad we decided not to cancel the night. Balls <laughs> <laughs> um, are kicking in. I can go all night. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I mentioned it early on, and I, uh, it is one of the comparisons this gets quite a bit, is that it's, you know, Machikoro in space. I've heard a lot of people say, and, and again, this isn't me. This is uh, just, this is what I've heard other people say, is that, like, it solves a lot of problems that they had with Machikoro. I don't know about that. But it is, it is nice. I think that everybody gets their own options. Like you're not tied to like whatever I picked or whatever. You're not tied to like a single die or anything like that. It's cool that those options are there. Uh, and again, well, and it's also, of course, you know, it's dice rolling, but it's dice probability, right? Because I was going to say <laughs> the biggest problem with Machikoro is also the same problem and the biggest problem with this game. And there's no solving that. And that is random. If I just spend the entire evening rolling two and 12, I'm not going to have a good game. <laughs> you know, that's just, that's the nature of both. I mean, we played Machikoro a lot at the time because I was still hanging out with, uh, Jordal's game group a little bit more often. And when that came out, we, I mean, we pounded that a lot and I didn't find it particularly problematic Mm-mm. beyond if I'm only rolling one number all night and nobody else is rolling a number I need. Yeah, and giving you the two options negates that a little bit. But again, mm-hmm. if you're not rolling the numbers I need and I'm not rolling the numbers you need, it's going to be a slow game. It's going to be so, an inefficient game. It's been a while since I've been... So, Machikara, you, you still get benefits off turn, right? Yep. Yeah, so that's what I thought. 
and Valeria Card Kingdoms, you get options off turn. So that that's not a it's not a quote unquote fix there either. So they're they're all very similar that but they have different feels when I play all three. Mm-hmm. I found and again it's been quite a while. It it seems to me that there's better mitigation in space base. Move your die to here, mm-hmm. treat this as that, mm-hmm. you know, bounce it over here. What there's better mitigation to your potential problems of not having anything there yet. Yep. But again, I, I didn't think that it was so so bad and well we're turning it into a half machikoro review too. So it's <laughs> <laughs> No what I was just trying to figure out is your your statement is like of not having anything there yet. Well I mean, beyond a basic Boun- card. Yeah, bounce, bouncing it around, you are. You have to have something there to say, go somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no, I'm, yeah, but, like, one of the cards is, like, if, uh, if you're here, m- you know, move it to here or treat this card as something else. So maybe yeah, there, it's the, one of the ones that let you move one or two instead of just yeah. one. So maybe at one, one space removed, you still have a generic, but at two, you have a better yep. card. So. Yeah. So, and, and, Again, what Jordan's kind of talking about is the the rewards on the various cards. Because, again, as you buy them and you're kind of replacing your basic cards, which are pretty much just going to give you money for the most part. There's a couple other things they mm-hmm. do, but mostly money. Money and maybe some extra income. Uh, you're not, like, getting victory points or anything like that. Off some of the high-end cards are Well, I mean, you're, I'm talking about your starting. Oh, starting. Um, so yeah. your starting stuff, you're pretty much just getting extra gold to buy stuff to replace. Yes. For the most part. So, yeah, I mean, that and income, so that your income go, goes up a little bit. But, you know, you're, you're like most games in this area, you're trying to basically get rid of your base cards as soon as possible so you've got better options when you get those rolls. And then, again, the base card goes up top, so it, you still get technically some kind of benefit from your base cards even after you've replaced them. Um, and and again, the when when it's up top, when it's part of your non-active reward, you can stack those. So that's kind of nice as well. I mean, you you get multiples up there, and and you kind of can get some decent off-turn rewards from time to time. But one of the quote-unquote rewards, because you get actions and stuff as well as part of these rolls, is what Jordan was kind of talking about. One of them is you could roll, and one of the cards you might have put somewhere says, "Hey, uh, you can." go one left one right or you you can go up to two away you know that kind of thing so you can actually say oh well i rolled my two but thank goodness you know at some point i put my two that i can go two left you know uh so you can move over and get the reward from somewhere else so that's kind of built in so there yeah there is a a bit of that uh there's also uh, abilities that you can charge up so uh if you land on them you can charge them so you put the charge cubes on them as your reward, but then on your turn, you can spend those charges to use them if you have enough on there to, to use it, and it can be used. There, there's some timing stuff, but for the most part, you can use them at any time during your turn to use these maybe slightly more powerful, but uh, you got to charge it up kind of abilities. All right. Um, okay, well, you know, so we're talking about, but how do we feel the mechanics are in... <laughs> Space base. <laughs> oh, yeah. And my actual opinion on mechanics <laughs> is it's a sound game. You only doing a couple things each turn. Each thing you do is very well defined. You're buying a card if you can afford it or drafting, you know, <laughs> you're rolling your dice. You're doing what the best combination that you can do at that turn. It's very much, um, 
not a long-term planning game beyond getting to 40 points because you're always going to do the best thing that you can do that turn. You're building to have the best amount of options, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so that by the end you have maybe a small engine going to manipulate dice to save you from being me. Um, <laughs> but mechanically, it's sound. You roll, you check your money, you buy something if something fits, and you move on. The only thing that is uh, questionable is the lack of a, a reset mechanic on the store. A couple mm-hmm. times we were yep. stuck there just looking at stuff that nobody wanted. And we weren't buying it, so it wasn't going away. And it was to the point where it wasn't any better, and in some cases worse than what I had. Same as you, same for you. So there, there was no incentive to even just, you know, take one for the game and, and maybe explore something new because then it's, you only get your one buy. And then if it's a good enough card that you want to replace it, your opponent's probably going to want it too. And then you've just revealed it for them. Mm-hmm. So that, that's the only thing that there, I could see that. It, from a mechanic standpoint, you know, that's the only like gotcha. Cause mm-hmm. if, if you're slowing down building your board or improving your board, then can, for, for us, it kind of turned into uh, a race for the big points mm-hmm. just to get to 40. And I would hate to see that happen every game. One of the things I should mention, and since we're in mechanics, we can mention it here is I mentioned the colony cards, but I didn't really talk about what they were. The colony cards are kind of like these one-time buys that get you a bunch of victory points right away, but they replace whatever number you bought it on. So basically you're saying, I'm taking these victory points now and and moving myself ahead that many, but I'm giving up this number as an active player for the rest of the game. So you'll still take whatever number you had on there. You'll still flip it so that it's part of your non-active rewards, but then you put this uh, basically victory point card you take your points, you flip it over so that it's face down, basically signifying that if I roll this 10, I don't get anything as the active player anymore because I took the points. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a little bit of that too, which is kind of interesting. Again, it's one of those things like, uh, where am I at in point gathering? When do I do that? When do I cut myself off from a number kind of thing? So there's a little bit of that in there too. And again, it's, you know, the, the dice probability, uh, dice manipulation kind of thing. Can I get it to a point where I get to skip over and, and not have to worry about that 10? You know, I, I can get to the 11 or the 9, you know, that kind of thing. So uh, my opinion overall for the uh, mechanics is uh, I enjoy it. I think it's, it's a solid game. I like the different abilities. I do like, like you said, like the extra manipulation that seems to kind of come with the different cards whatever that may be it's not not necessarily only dice the manipulating the dice but it's you know getting the extra cards and all this other kind of stuff and having to charge up certain abilities and all that all that kind of stuff i do like how all of that works and uh plays out there was something i was gonna say and i totally just spaced it right there <laughs> in in that whole thing because there's something else i was gonna say that i really enjoy about it but apparently i'm not going to oh i was just i was gonna say i, I like i do like the fact that you get to either take the sum or take them as as two separate things and of course i like that you get to choose your option as the non-active player and i get to choose my option as the active player and it's not me well it's my turn so i'm forcing you into you have to take your seven because i'm taking my seven kind Mm -hmm. of thing so i did enjoy that that part of it as well so overall i think the mechanics worked pretty good once we kind of got in the role into the game and and everything so all right rules rules for space base okay so 
Not to scare anybody off, but it is a 32-page rule book, front to back. But half of that is the actual rules. So, like, uh, up to page, I think, 16 or so is the rules set up, all that kind of stuff. And then everything from 16 on is um, describing certain cards in more detail, describing timing, describing, you know, so if you have questions in that realm, you basically flip to the last half of the book. If you have questions on how the flow of play goes, you stay in the first half of the book. And then the last page is kind of a reference guide, which unfortunately the one thing that is not on the back is I wish they would have just put the, here's the turn Hmm. uh, stuff, but they just, they mostly are showing the icons and stuff like that of the different things that, but that honestly is once you get going, that's what you're referencing more, right? What, what the icons mean. So it makes sense that that's on the back. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, base base play is pretty simple. So you don't really need to, well, what do I, what, how do I roll these dice again? Yeah, that kind of thing. 16 pages is pretty generous for, for what the game is. I mean, they, yeah. And I mean, and we're talking with visuals. I mean, there's one full page that's just, here's how the game looks if you are playing with four players, yep. you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and there's sidebars and other things as well. So, uh, yeah. They, I mean, they put a lot of effort into the book. Yeah. yeah and, and, of course, uh, like a lot of places are doing lately, they have the thing on the front. If you want to learn this right now, go here to watch a video kind of thing. But, yeah, I, th- I think the book is pretty solid. I think uh, it did a good job, and uh, we were able to answer most of the questions that we had. Again, flipping front if it's game flow back if it's referencing a, an ability or something like that so mm-hmm. i agree it's a solid book it's a decent size and it's 32 pages but again only half of that is for learning the actual game to start with all right so teach ability for space base well uh what usually goes hand in hand is if you can get through the rule book really well you can usually probably teach it pretty decent as well and, and answer any questions that you have so uh, even without, I think even without the rule book again, uh, especially now, a lot of people have played the other games that we've talked about. So they're used to this style of thing. Your actual base turn is not that complicated. Uh, so it's easy to get the foundation down. And then after that, it's icons, which again are mostly referenced on the back page. And then if you have a question about, well, how does that really play? Then the back half of your uh, rule book gives you those explanations. So I think with all of that, so somebody, I think somebody can slide in pretty well if they've gone through the rule book once or twice, but maybe haven't played it, played it yet. Uh, I think you can actually probably do a pretty solid job, even just sitting down and saying, okay, we're going to learn this with this one. But if you've gone through the rule book, you sit down and teach somebody else and you have the rule book handy for questions. Uh, I think it it go, it flows pretty well, and I don't think there's a lot of issues with the teachability side of things. Yeah, I agree because the the bulkier questions aren't going to come from gameplay; it's going to come from the iconography. So even if it's you know seven people at the table, whatever you said the new max was, and all of it is their first time, the biggest slowdown is always going to be just learning the card, learning learning the pictures. Mm-hmm. So I, I agree, teachability even from you know from zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everybody at the table is new. Is, is high. And if you've got one experienced player that can just wrangle everybody through the, the icon overload when you lay out the table for the first time, <laughs> uh, it's going to get better, guys. Um, <laughs> well, that's just it, right? You're, uh, not, not counting the colony cards, which are pretty much just points. You're always looking at what 18 cards. Yeah. And 
18 cards of new icons that you're just seeing for the first time. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, well, what is it? So that you're right. I mean, that's going to be your big slowdown in your first few games is everybody's going to want to read every card to find out what they want to take yeah. and what, what they should replace and stuff like that. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but as far as actually learning the game. Easy peasy. Yeah, no issues there. All right. Replayability. And how many times in a row would we play Space Base? Well, not in a row, but we're we're going to play 10. We're going to play 10. <laughs> At least. <laughs> I don't know. We only got eight months left. Yeah, but, or uh, 10 months. Sorry. Isn't Space Base our farthest one along? No, Apocalypse. No, no we uh, only played the one. That's right. Yeah, we only got the one. Yeah, yeah, so we only played one since we started this. Yep. Okay. Apocrypha, um, the dark horse, is coming yeah, out as the early I leader. I know. <laughs> Nobody would have put money there. Uh, okay, so for me, replayability. Um, replayability is is pretty solid in this game. Technically, like we always just kind of start with the technically side of things. So you, you got the the three levels of ships. They're going to come out in different orders every time you play. Your starting board is always going to be a little bit different because, again, you got your your base 1 through 12, but you're going to always replace one right away, and that's going to be randomized every time because it's off of coming off the deck, depending on different people and how they play. Oh, you know what we didn't mention? So there is one thing that bothers me a little bit. Oh, the do tell. auto win card. Oh, yes. Uh, I That card can go. So there is a card in the game if you... Can't remember what it is if you charge it properly. Well, that's or whatever. a tier three game, and you got to charge it like yeah, three times. And you got to charge it, like and the, but then and if it's you, stupid expensive. And if you get it fully charged, you just win. Yeah, regardless. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that that's a little hokey to me, but okay, it's there. It's part of the game. Whatever. It's a late game card. Yeah, so it's just to try to. If nobody's yeah. getting, if nobody can. Nobody's win. collecting forty. Just, if it this just point. charge this card. <laughs> Because uh, weren't you charging that card? Yeah. Yeah, that's I what was, I thought. Yeah. I, was, I was about to win, but then you <laughs> had to go and get the real win. <laughs> so technically there is a lot of playability, uh, replayability in the game from that aspect. I mean, so there's not roles or anything like that, so you're not switching up that kind of stuff, but just basically the, the setup and layout. No, it's uh, all roles, dude. It's a <laughs> dice game. <laughs> uh, I'll take the low-hanging fruit. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So replayability is definitely in the box. Uh, for me personally, I think there is still replayability in the box. This is something, especially once you kind of get it, because, again, your first game, first couple games uh, might be a little bit slower, uh, mostly because you're learning the cards and the icons and stuff like that. Once you get that, uh, again, they they have it as a 60-minute game. I can see that happening maybe even a little bit quicker, depending on your, the players you have at the table, but I would play this how many times in a row? Uh, I could see, I could, I, I could put this in the three realm. I think uh, if we had that kind of time in a night. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I, I just wasn't sure if you were done. It seemed like there might be more. Uh, no, I, I <laughs> we, we were way too punchy to be recording tonight. <laughs> I agree. This is a game. It's got it's got two levels of replayability for me. If I was teaching this to a new table. One, because I wouldn't want to <laughs> go through that like twice in a row of passing around that. This is a book where you definitely have to make a photocopy of that last page. <laughs> but if you've got an experienced group of players or even, you know, just one learner, everybody's played it at least once and they don't have to rely on that last page quite so much. Then, yeah, I can definitely see this, uh, a two or three in a kind of game. 
Yeah, and I think we should, I mean, once you start understanding the icons, I don't think you're referring as much. It's just making sure you understand mm-hmm. you know, your first couple of plays, like you said. It's, 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 so I don't want to give the impression that, like, I don't think this is, like, Race for the Galaxy icon heavy no. kind of thing or no. anything like that. It's just, okay, what does this do for this game? Um, and then once you start going, okay, I, I get that, you, you're going to refer less and less. Mm-hmm. All right, so the theme, the theme for Space Base. What do you think of the theme? That's where I'm kind of wishy-washy. I mean, it's called Space Base. There is a spacey kind of feel to the game, but we've just spent half the game also referring to it as just Machikoro in space. <laughs> I don't know if we spent half the time. We did, I count. <laughs> um, it's, it's there. That's what I'll say. Uh, the, the art is kind of spacey. You have colonies. You got these little player boards with kind of some futuristic icons on them and on the cards. Eh, nah. It's <laughs> if it was more there, I don't think it would make the game any better. Mm-hmm. If there was less, I don't think it would make any worse. It is, it is there and it is what it needs to be. Yeah, I'm going to say, okay, so the, the base, so there's two expansions out, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the base game, is well, we weren't playing with any of the expansions. No, we we did, right? Okay. Uh, because because the I'll get to that in a second. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Just just stay in your lane. <laughs> Pump the brakes, Jordan. Like, You're getting ahead of yourself. Yeah, you know this is why we read the scripts ahead of time. There's no, no scripts. No. no scripts. Um, <laughs> and we recorded two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> stick with that. So. Playing the game, okay, I'm not going to refer to it as other games, but play, playing the game, I enjoyed the game, I enjoy the game play, I was not immersed. Right? No, no, no. And, and so, and I'm not, that's not necessarily a bad thing, I don't, I don't play every game for, put me in, coach, you know? <laughs> it's not It's not what I'm looking for, I'm looking to have a good time and socialize and stuff and have, at least have fun playing the game I'm playing, and that's what I got out of this. I had fun playing it. I had fun hanging out with you. I had fun swearing at each other. <laughs> there were a couple of those moments. Oh, there were. Uh, so again, that's a mark of a good game in our book. That's right. <laughs> and and so I enjoyed all of those elements, but there was nothing that pulled me in. It was like, ooh, I'm building this space base and I'm doing a thing, right? It was just, I'm really looking at my probability numbers mm-hmm. and where I should put, where I should grab some extra cards. and. You know, that this kind of game thing. is just D and D light because it's really just <laughs> math. Now, what I will say is like the f- what I was going to get to is like the first expansion has like a story element to it. So I think it's more of a campaign kind of thing. And then you, when you finish the campaign or whenever you want to, I think you add those elements into the base game and you just have extra things mm. uh, that can come up or extra cards or something like that. But I believe if I'm remembering, right. Cause we haven't, like I said, we haven't pulled it out yet, but if I'm, I'm remembering kind of pulling it all together, the first expansion is that is, is like a story mode. So maybe I'd get a little bit of immersion out of that. If we try that sometime, um, it's quite possible again, if they yeah, have story elements, it's a legacy game. It's, I think it's kind of, I don't think it's quite a legacy game, but, uh, it's a, it's a fairly smallish expansion. And then the second expansion really is just a bigger box to hold everything, two more player boards and die and extra dice and stuff like that, basically to help bring it to seven players. And I think there might be a couple little things that they, 
a, a different rule book kind of thing. And of course, the sleeves and the insert that doesn't work with sleeves, which again, if we ever get there, that's, you just heard the biggest complaint about that expansion is they included the sleeves in the box and they don't fit, the cards don't fit in the, in the insert sleeves. Yeah. <clears throat> but so. Oh yeah. So I was wondering <laughs> what would break first. But yeah, so may, maybe at some point, you know, we're getting our, our, our 10 plays in for our 10 by 10. But if we look at that expansion at some point and see what kind of immersion is included in that with some story elements or something, that might be interesting. But I agree with you at base. It's like the art is cool. The game is really well done, but I'm not immersed in, in the actual like space theme while playing it. Okay. Fun factor slash overall for space base. I think there's a pretty high fun factor here. We both mentioned that it met our swear bar, Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) but didn't take long. Some of the negatives (laughs) aside that we discussed that um, none of the negatives that we've discussed, I should say, actually detract from the game itself. And the game is a fun game. I really enjoyed playing it. I'm glad it's on our 10 by. I look forward to playing those. And I think I'd like to try to get Sarah and Megan in on it because I think it's on space space. Yeah, I think it's just different enough from anything else we've played mm-hmm. uh, with them anyways, that uh, I think they'd get a kick out of it too. And um, I've never seen Megan go full cutthroat. And <laughs> I think this could be a game where some of that might come out. And I'd really like to see that. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's, it's not cool, man. <laughs> yeah. But I don't live with her. <laughs> I get to go home. Yeah. It's a fun game. I'm glad we're playing it. I look forward to nine more plays. Yeah, I I agree with you. Um, the fun factor for this is is pretty high. This was one of the games that we put on our ten by ten without actually ever playing it first. So dangerous, yeah, and, dangerous. It's a bold move, Cotton, and see how that plays out. <laughs> uh, which is not the only one that we've done that with. So we'll, we'll have to do some more reporting in in the future. There's a couple other games on our ten by ten that we'll probably review. But yeah, I, I agree with you. So any anything. So kind of doing the thorough review stuff that we were trying to do, I think it might have potentially sounded more negative than it is. Anything that we pointed out are things that we noticed in our gotchas or or whatever that, or might have just had that minor irk while we were playing, but none of it is anything that made, makes us not want to play this game. Nothing there is, is making us say, making us regret putting this on the 10 by 10. We did thoroughly enjoy it. We do have a lot of fun with it. We are looking forward to playing it more. I'm in the same boat. I thought uh, when we got together here, we were almost going to play Space Base with Megan and Sarah. It came very close, uh, but a couple other games won it out for them. Actually, I think we challenged them one too many times, and they were like, no, we're not playing anything from your side of the 10 by 10. I think think we went one step too far. Yeah. (laughs) And so they stubborn. I just stubborned it out. <laughs> I didn't have pandemic in me. It was it was way too late to start pandemic. So I, I I agree with you that I think this is something I know that I think Megan will like when she plays, and I think the way it plays and the and the fact that it keeps everybody involved every role every mm-hmm. turn will also help. That'll cut for her that it's hitting that sixty wall limit. Yeah. So I do agree with you on that point. Uh, so yeah, overall, I do recommend this game. I enjoyed it. Minor things aside, again, the little minor things that we pointed out here and here and there. Uh, I do have both of the other expansions because uh, I, I did enjoy it that much. I am looking forward to maybe trying out that 
little story kind of thing and see what that brings in. Cause I did not just go ahead and open that and add it into the base game. I, I did set it aside so we could take a look at it. Cool. And, and yeah, so, and I got the, the bigger box cause I kind of am hopeful that this is, I mean, it, it's been a fairly popular game for them. So I'm hoping that they're looking at more expansions or whatever in the future. Uh, and I look forward to those as well. So my recommendation is if you haven't checked out Space Base, uh, if you like Valeria Card Kingdoms, if you like Mar- Machi Koro, those kind of games, uh, Space Base fits right in there. I have all three. I think all three, while having some similar mechanics, do play very different and hit different spots for you. And right now, Space Base is kind of hitting that spot for me uh, in our play. So check it out. and. I recommend it. What we're watching. Hey, you got anything? I do. I do. <laughs> Are you sure? I stepped up to the plate. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Season two of Castle Rock has started. and Schoolhouse I was, Rock? Castle Rock. Oh, Castle Rock. Um, a bill is a bill. A bill is a bill. <laughs> Unless Bill is a killer clown. <laughs> and I was not impressed with season one. So I wasn't too excited about it. Mm-hmm. So I hadn't paid any attention. And I thought it was just going to be a continuation of season one, but they've shifted. You know, season one was all, did you watch it at all? Mm-mm. Okay. So season one was all, all around Shawshank-esque type things. Mm-hmm. And this season it's talking, it's, uh, the character is a young version of, uh, Kathy Bates character from Misery. Mm. It's not necessarily, I, I don't know if it's like a direct origin story correlation to Kathy Bates character, but it's the same name. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's, uh, it, it's been, we're two and a half eps in, and this one just reached out and grabbed me in a way <laughs> that season one did not. Okay. Uh, so it's been very enjoyable, and I definitely want to get back to that. And what we were talking about, what I'll be doing this weekend when we were upstairs, <laughs> the list of things that I have to watch this weekend just keeps getting longer and longer. Thanks, Disney Plus. Thanks. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, I'm partway through. What's currently available for season two of Titans, which is progressing better than the first half of, of Titans <laughs> season one did. Um, but that's pretty low bar, but I'm liking that. Uh, it's, um, I'm liking that they just didn't turn Raven into just sad goth girl. Mm-hmm. Did you watch season one of Titans at all? No, um, actually, I think I bought it, um, off of Amazon, but we haven't watched it. I, I'm not sure how much I'm trying to figure out how much Megan wants to see it before I start into it. Cause I think I bought Titans and, um, the other one. See, they did a strange disconnect. Like season one ends with the cliffhanger. Okay. That is not new, but like season two just starts with what is technically just the last step of season one. And then it moves <laughs> on into a totally different story. Yeah. But rather than just keeping Raven, you know, Raven, um, they've, that's so Raven. That's so Raven. <laughs> They, they, they're letting her be like a moderately mature teen girl, you know? So it's not just, oh, woe is me. It's not just another season of her being like mm-hmm. season one. And then Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. So I've watched, uh, the first step of, uh, The Mandalorian twice. Yep. We watched it the other night as well. Did you dig it? I dug it. We did as well. We, uh, thoroughly I dug it. <laughs> Can you dig it? Yeah, no, we thoroughly enjoyed it. I, you know, as, as, as much as everybody's kind of bagged on what Star Wars has supposedly become, you know, looking at it as no longer a child or any of that kind of stuff, that 
I don't. I haven't seen too many people that have bad things to say about that, that first app. You know, I, I'm in that camp that doesn't think the current movies are all mm-hmm. that great. And I have been saying since, what, so four years now, is it, since Force Awakens, that I don't think I'm that demo. Mm-hmm. But if they want to keep me as a fan, they have to do something beyond Skywalker. This is totally beyond Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Whether we see a Jedi user, uh, a Force user at some point, that is irrelevant. I said I wanted expanded a universe. I wanted a new character. I wanted a new lineage if they have to do something family-esque. Mm-hmm. And they've given me all that. And Dave Filoni and or John Favreau either really like Westerns <laughs> or just decided that they were going to go over the top in a good way. Spaghetti Westerns. They just went out and watched every Clint Eastwood movie. I think <laughs> um, the only, the only thing that was missing is like any more cone movies, uh, music, I should say just <laughs> as a soundtrack. But like first time he walks into the cantina, you, you could hear that. <laughs> or at least you should have, you know, yeah. uh, it was very much uh, a, a Western feel to me. Anyways, first time I watched it, I watched it to watch it. The second time I watched it, I watched it to, to look at it, to mm-hmm. see what was there. And not just be in the moment of watching. And in both inst- well, the first time I watched it, I was like, <laughs> eh, that was pretty good. And then I watched the credits and I was like, holy shit, where was Nick Nolte? <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, oh, that's the Ugnot. Oh, I hope he's a recurring. <laughs> Probably won't be. <laughs> but if they get like seven more of these, you know, mm-hmm. voices, that, that'll just, just as people to throw in there, I think that will be equally good as the story. As a groundwork for laying out seven, seven, six, whatever. It's like a short season, six or seven mm-hmm. more apps laid out a good story. Lots of places the last reveal can go. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. I, I just wonder how long. See, this is, this is the disconnect because I've had this conversation with a couple of people because a couple of people, and I almost said it. How long will Pedro Pascal stick around with a web service? Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's not just a web service because it's Disney. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, <laughs> you know, it's not, you might say, how long are these kids going to hang around with Netflix if they can go to Hollywood? Mm-hmm. And I think that, that is a reasonable question. But if Disney wants to put together a 22 ep series of something, even if the medium is their web service, that's Disney putting the effort into something. Mm-hmm. If they want to put the story in and he wants to keep getting paid, I, I hope we get multiple. But if this is just a one series block of six or eight apps, whatever it is, and then he goes on to do something else, cool. As long as this six or eight is good and there's equally good Star Wars along the way. Well, and the other thing too is if they technically stick with the, so you never remove your helmet thing. Well, yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's the whole Doctor Who planning all over again. Well, right. we can replace this person whenever we want. Right. As long as the helmet stays on. <laughs> Uh, but no, yeah, we, we haven't watched it a second time yet or anything. I, I, I know we will, uh, at some point, uh, I'm going to watch it a third time cause Sarah hasn't seen it. So. <laughs> really? She hasn't. Okay. Yeah. So Megan was pretty much grinning ear to ear and mm-hmm. the, the final reveal and then credits, you know, yep. scenes, it was just, I mean, she literally like, well, what? the artwork for Come the credits, on, you can't end there, <laughs> you know, uh, it was awesome. So it again, it was, uh, bring it i mean she's continued to be even you know even with our little conversation upstairs and 
and about the wonderful acting at times in the series <laughs> or whatever. She's continued to, you know, that Star Wars is one of her big geeking things. And so she's continued to kind of hold on. And, and so I think it was kind of cool to be able to sit down and watch this with her and not only see a, a good, solid show in front of me, but her reaction is like this, this, I've, I've been waiting for this mm-hmm. kind of thing it was very cool. All right. Yeah. I'm, no, that's it. Okay. I haven't seen any movies recently. We have, we've actually watched a lot of stuff since, you know, the, the last two weeks. Oh, wait a second. Um, we did see something. <laughs> You see some on Sunday or <laughs> Yeah, we did. Oh, yeah. um Doctor Sleep. Oh, you got oh cool. Yeah. How was it? I really like it. We that. haven't gone yet. I mean I've been hearing good things. I know Megan wants to go. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I thought it was really well. well done. And one of the things that I generally don't like about reading Stephen King is he tends to, you know, stream of consciousness some stuff. <laughs> give you a lot of wandering. This is in this is a story that and because I haven't read the book, but I can just from past experience, they cut out a lot of the wandering, I'm sure, but there was just enough there that a couple things happened that I was like, Oh, pleasantly surprised. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. We, we definitely want to see it. I don't know when maybe I should do that this week. So I, you know, I'm covering on call this week, but, um, there's a protest bill mini up in the cities on Saturday. So I said, I didn't want to cover the weekend or at least the Saturday. And he, he, took his weekend back so um well that's gonna mess up your meat that's <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> uh so maybe that's maybe i should talk to megan about that maybe that's one of the things we should do this weekend is try to go see dr sleep because we definitely want to see it okay so for me i finished power this season and looking at uh everything that they were showing towards the end it looks like so this next season which will be season seven starts in january and it's the final season i thought this was the final no you would think so but no. <laughs> uh, so, I don't know. They they ended on, they they went a very who shot JR route. And so that's what the next season, I think, is going to be all about. Um, so, so for most of our listeners, <laughs> that was a good shout out to something 30 years ago. So, so for Megan. <laughs> so, yeah. So they very much went that route. So to me. I enjoy the show. I like what's going on with it. Or I, I, I've enjoyed watching it. Obviously, I've watched, again, we've talked about it before. i watched six seasons now. So I went from, wow, this is cliche cheesy from that first episode or first se- uh, season to, okay. Um, I don't know why I'm still watching this show. I have, I have multiple shows like that. Yeah. There's a couple of shows I'm like, when did I start caring about these characters? <laughs> like, what the hell is, a, what, what is this? Anyway, so um, for power, that it's, 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 it's not a guilty watch. It's a watch. And I, you know, obviously I talk about stuff, it, it just, it, but it's something that I've enjoyed. But with the ending of this season and going into the next season, I could say, I'm like, okay, that's, that's fine. This let's make this the final season kind of thing. I'm there. And, and I, I think, I don't know if we've talked about it here. I know you and I've talked about it. There's maybe I did talk about it on the podcast, but it's, it's also one of those shows like with the, the hundred where it's like, how can we top each other every season until, you know, Let's give these, uh, let's give these drug lords a, an atomic bomb. You know, just, you know, it's like, it, there, there's comes a point where it's kind of hard to escalate, right? It's now you, you eventually get into the realm of silly. Like I told you with the hundred is like, okay, well, we've screwed up earth. Let's just go to cryo sleep and we're on a new planet. You know, that kind of crap was where that's at right now. Cause I just recently watched that not too long ago too. We are still watching the walking dead. 
but uh, it feels more like I'm just, uh, I've started this journey and I've been on it forever. Just got to see where it goes. So it is The Walking Dead. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I mean, there are elements still from from the comic, which I haven't read the most recent book. I think I gave it to Megan. It took her forever. I think she's about done with the comic book as much. And, and we're, again, we're just kind of s- sleepwalking, watching through The Walking Dead right now, really. Uh, it's like, yeah, it's on on Sunday now again. Let's watch it. But I'm not, I'm not as involved or as hooked or enjoying it as much as I used to. It's just kind of a comfort thing almost at this point. And it's like, oh, that's sad. Will, you will need it, more in your life. Yeah, I mean, will, <laughs> you know, is it ever going to end? Kind of thing. So yeah, I'm I'm not going to say much more than that. We are watching it. We it's but it's it's potentially at some point I could see that being a. So are you really still interested in this conversation? It's the mid-season break. We, no. This is where we got to make the break. No. All right. So uh, we talked about The Mandalorian, uh, but we also watched The World According to Jeff Goldblum. I was <laughs> so looking forward to that. So good. So Jeff Goldblum. So the first episode is him exploring the world of sneakers <laughs> and uh, and and going to like a sneaker con and stuff like this and getting custom made sneakers and all this stuff. So, but it's like Jeff Goldblum as Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so cheesy. So good. It's everything I, I, I figured it would be. And I'm so happy. I like seeing that smile <laughs> on your face. I will continue to watch it. I'm sure there's going to be one of those days where like, it's going to be another one. Like, okay, this is so many, you you Jeff, this is probably why it's weekly. Jeff Goldblum in small dose. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, if I had to power watch a Jeff Goldblum show, I don't know if I don't know how I'd feel at the end of that. <laughs> Just done six hours of Jeff Goldblum, and I, I don't know if I need therapy or if I can give therapy. Uh, and since I finished Power, the thing I'm power watching by myself right now is uh, Black Summer. It's on Netflix. It's the zombie show. So it's it's my replacement for The Walking Dead. So I don't know. Uh, it was kind of funny because so we watched we watched one of the the most recent episodes of Walking Dead, and we usually don't watch. I mean, we usually don't watch Talking Dead or anymore or any, anything like that. But it started, and one of the guests was one of the people from Black Summer, and I was like, oh crap, yeah, I I still need to watch that. And so I was that was right as I was finishing Power. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna watch that now. I I'm I'm, I'm probably more than halfway through this this first season i'm assuming it's getting a second season that's probably why this person was on the show because this has been out for a while so i'm assuming they might have been promoting a second season (laughs) but right now i don't know how i feel about it because it's one of those they're they're filming it so so the the first episode was like introducing the different characters that's fine so it was like you know Barbara, and then you know it's like a, a black title screen, and then what's going on with her, and you know Ryan, you know all this stuff. So I was like, okay, fine, but that's how they're doing every episode. Mm. So it's like the dog, and then blah blah blah. You know, it's like, and, and not just introducing people, but they have tight like thank you, and then what happened, and then it's cut up into, you know, here's what's going, on. and and so there's some intersection with these different characters and stuff. So it's like fade to black title. Here it is from this perspective black title here it is now from the outside of the building you know that kind of stuff and it's just i don't know if i that bothers me for a full season is that the one where it started that's like 
another Z-pocalypse type thing, right? Mm-hmm. Is that the one where it started? Like at one point, somebody tried to carjack the chick in the minivan. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's Barbara. Oh, that's Barbara. Okay. <laughs> uh, the other thing that's kind of bothering me a little bit is they don't really specifically, I don't recall them specifically saying like when in the whole aspect of this this started, but they're showing like these characters trying to get into these military caravans, you know, they're doing the whole papers, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, checking them for bites and all that kind of junk and, and bombing. So they're, they're oh, yeah, and the soldier, that's not a soldier. That's the yeah. reveal. For the, yeah. We watched like the first one or two apps and we yeah. couldn't, we couldn't. Do that. Yeah. So, you know, they're, so they're doing all of that. Right. And, and Spoilers, so, sorry. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so that kind of leads you to believe this has been going on for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Right. Every place that somebody goes into grocery store or gas station has not been looted at all. Everything is still there. That bothers me. It's like, okay, so either this just happened and I don't know why all of this, the whole, you know, the bombing and the military and all that kind of stuff is still happening. Everybody looks like the way they do and all this kind of crap or what the hell? I mean, that would have been some of the first that, you know, they're, they're easily, they're going into the school and finding meds. They're going into the gas station and finding all this. They go into a diner. It's still, everything's there. One guy's just kind of like taking a cart through, through a, a grocery store with, you know, again, working power still on. So we're working electric doors and all that kind of stuff. This is like, I, I, there's, so I, I'm not, I'm not digging that it seems to be the full season is shot the title ball. Okay. Let's see a different perspective thing. He said one or two apps or intro apps. I could dig that, but so far it's every episode and I have a disconnect between what I'm seeing in the world and how nothing is looted. <laughs> like nothing like just doesn't ring well with me, but I'm going to finish it out. Cause I'm like, I think I'm more than halfway through now. And that's kind of my, my little power watch at night. Now, right now. What we're reading slash listening to. Okay, this I'm still saying. Actually, actually, it's nothing because I've been doing on-call stuff more than anything. Yeah, still just working on uh, Dooku Jedi Lost. That's all. All right. So what we're playing. (laughs) And this, I only have one thing to. Well, I mean, we played games, obviously. Um, I I didn't put those on my list. I forgot to. I I rushed to kind of put this together. So what what do we? We played Growl. Growl. We played Campy Creatures. Campy Creatures. Sushi Azul. Dice and Azul. Azul yeah. and Sushi Dice. Yep. Uh, so, yeah. And Growl, we're going to be reviewing in the future for sure, because that was actually sent to us for a review. So, hey, Joey, we, we're still looking at your game. Uh, we got to play it with Megan and Sarah. And the cool thing about that is, like, we're holding off on the review a little bit because Megan and Sarah are going to join us for that review. Ooh. So, that'll be cool. They're going to come down and let us know their thoughts and opinions on Growl. Azul, I'm a, we'll probably review at some point. Sure. I mean, it's... it's let a, us know, listeners. Yeah, Do you if, want to hear our want. thoughts on Azul? Yeah, I, I don't remember the exact title, but it's a stained glass version. Mm-hmm. And then Campy Creatures, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, I think that one will probably get played a, a little bit more as well here in the future. And Sushi Dice, we've already looked at. And, of course, mm-hmm. that's just that's just a staple. 10 out of 10 every time. <laughs> yeah. That's a... Uh, there's a reason why we didn't put that in our 10 by 10 because we'd be done with that in almost a night sometimes. <laughs> it's too easy. Okay, so there's there's that stuff that we kind of played uh, together on our, our kind of get-together game night. And I'm still we're still playing Sea of Thieves, so this time around, we actually went on the arena side, which is their PvP version. 
So they introduced recently um, sloops. So it used to be only galleons were part of their PvP. So you 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 were either gonna, you're going to get randomized with other people if you don't bring a full ship yourself. Not too long ago, they released the sloop version. So they don't have a brig version for the arena yet, but they have a sloop version. So this past weekend was also double reputation uh, weekend for the arena. And so Megan and I have never played arena. We're not PvP players very much. I mean, we, you know, regular Sea of Thieves is PvP no matter what, but people decide to leave each other alone or all that kind of stuff. But this is strictly like this is, uh, the arena is, they give you a very small section of a map and it's kind of randomized. So it's uh, an area. You don't have very far to go. You don't have much map to go around. And then they give you maps to um, treasure chests. Everybody gets the same maps. There's, I think, up to six loops in a in a in an arena match. So everybody gets the same maps. You kind of you get points for digging up the treasure. You get the most points if you sell the treasure. Uh, you get points if you steal a treasure and sell it. You get points for killing other players, and you get points for every hit you get on a ship, and if you sink a ship, I think. And it's it's and if you get killed. Are you done, or do you respawn? No, it, you get if you get killed, you uh, your ship respawns. And you lose X number of points. So you kind of, you can knock somebody down in their placing. And then the whole time you're playing, it shows a, it has a little kind of thing off to the side that shows you where, what place you're in, how many points you have versus anybody else, that kind of stuff. And again, it's a very condensed thing. Uh, so we spent a lot of time, like I said, uh, before Megan and I are decent on ship to ship. And that night we were dialed in, like, or I was dialed in hot. So I was, I took, so we were, fighting this ship around a huge rock because they were trying to get out because I hit them so many damn times. They're like, screw this. I need to, they needed to go away and try to repair. And so they were trying to use the rock to get away from us. And I had got, I had dialed in so well that I realized the trajectory I could get. I curved two cannonballs around the rock and hit them two more times on their way around. I mean, I was just like on fire that night. So ship to ship, we did pretty good. So we got second or we got, uh, we got a couple, we played a lot cause it was double reputation. Like I went from level one to level 20, uh, over the weekend and Megan went from like level one to 15 or 16, I think, or something like that. <laughs> so, yeah, so we, we, we did a, a lot of that. Um, we did get, I think one win off. It, it's hard to win off of just ship to ship combat. Like, cause the most points you get is actually turning in a treasure. So if you don't let anybody else turn in treasure. We had at least one game like that. So we, we did, uh, we actually, it was kind of funny. We actually had one where it was just us against one other ship. Actually, it was three ships and one bailed. Uh, so it was just the two of us. And uh, we played it, like I said, we played a bunch of it that night. We play, only played like one. I, I played a little bit the night before just to see what it was. And then so I could explain it to kind of Megan the next night to see if she was still interested in it. And so, uh, I, I did. She's like, all right, let's go. And, uh, we thoroughly enjoyed it. We actually might start playing that off and on because it, it is kind of quick and it's kind of, it's a different thing. So like, you know, with playing, if you spend uh, on the, on the adventure side, you can spend an hour or two. If you trying to go through everything, collect a bunch of stuff and then try to turn it in and somebody come along and screw you up and your nights, you know, you just, that was two hours of your time and you've lost everything. You don't have that feeling in the arena, right? It's like, okay, we had, we did get a little irritated because we did have a couple chest stolen from us as we were turning him in like i was going to turn it in dude killed me turned it in for me so we ran over to there's only two spots that you can turn in so we ran over to the other one because we had like two or three more chests on our 
on our well, his other teammate, like they had abandoned their ship. They were just yeah. they were just camping the two turn in spots. So he killed me over his buddy killed me over there and took our chest. And we're like, all right. But we were like solid second at that point. So we we're just like, okay, well, we're just gonna screw with we're just gonna hit get sh- uh shots in on the other ships and and get a few points here or there and keep a solid second. But so you're not as I don't know, at least for us we weren't as upset, right? Because right. it's like we weren't spending the, these were going, you know, they're they're timed, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes maybe tops. They they have the countdown in time. You know, again, you you get sunk, you you're back up, you they um they give you a decent amount of supplies to start with anyway. So if you sink you and they re, re, uh refresh your supplies when you pop back in. So all in all, it was just like, okay, we're we're cool with this, yeah. And this is giving us um the part that we suck at is like, you know, again, if somebody gets on our ship or whatever, so I was getting better about, we did have a couple of people get on our ship, but I was, there's a couple of times like, okay, I hear swimming, check the ladders. I smacked a couple of people off our ladders so they didn't get on our ship. That kind of, so it's given us a little bit of experience in that as, as well. So I, like I said, I think we'll add it into the rotation here cool. to play both sides a, a little bit and get that combat experience in the arena. Plus, uh, there's a, there is a faction associated with arena that we had, like I said, I got to like level 20 this weekend. So we had nothing in it and you get, you know, you get extra cosmetics and stuff like that for getting in that faction as well. So it was kind of cool. I, I got some sales and a new hull and all this other stuff that I can do. So yeah, that's, uh, that's all of what I was playing. Cool. I haven't been getting a whole lot of gaming in Star Wars Legion Clone Wars came out and I made the mistake of choosing to do droids. <laughs> because I was tired of painting white, but I didn't want to do, I didn't want to do clones right off the bat. And the droids are just irritating the hell. <laughs> they're all tiny. They're all spindly. Mm-hmm. As mentioned earlier, my fat snossage fingers and glue <laughs> and tiny bits. Frustration factor is really high. And, uh, in the case of some of the droids, uh, some of the parts are really are really thin and even carefully clipping them off the sprue is just leading to breaks and, and, and bends. And some, uh, uh, two of my destroyer droids, I don't even know that I'm going to, they just look so horrible because the, the, they come in, they come in standing up version like you see in the movies and they also come in the roly poly versions. Mm-hmm. And there's a mechanic that let you swap between them. And I was, I thought I was going to fancy and try to do a couple of the roly poly ones to make them look like they're in mid, kind of mid-transition, kind of have their their legs splayed out a little bit more, like maybe, you know, they're rolling into it, but they haven't totally balled up. No. No. <laughs> the, the posing was not there for it. I just have three really stupid-looking roly-poly droids. <laughs> so the next two that I do, uh, they're, they're going to have to go back to the basic so I can just have some droids. Now i got to try to figure out some kind of basing <laughs> that, that might explain why my droids look those. <laughs> alternately they will just never ball up but anyway uh yeah so i've been spending a lot of my time uh uh trying to assemble these very it's all tiny things. tweezers that don't have the manual dexterity to deal with in a <laughs> in a really good way so yeah that's that's all doing trying to assemble tiny plastic droids <laughs> all right all right our uh 10 by 10 update um is uh increased slightly not very much but again we'll go over it real quick so the five games that uh so again 10 by 10 for those who aren't aware uh we've in september we started the 10 by 10 challenge which is playing 10 games 10 times in a row in a year so between uh last september and this coming september we're trying to get 10 
of each of these games in. Uh, five are ones that Jordan and I picked that we're going to play. And then the other five are ones that Megan and Sarah picked that all four of us are going to play together. So that's our, what the 10 by 10 is. And so our 10 by 10 challenge right now, Doomtown, we still haven't gotten on the table. Edge of Darkness is still at two. Space Base is at one. Clank is still at zero. Apocrypha is at three. The current winner. <laughs> Wingspan is at one. Pandemic Legacy is at two. Takanoko is what we forgot. That we played as well. So that is at one now. Villainous is at one. And Escape is at two. So, the yeah, uh, since last time, we got a game of Takanoko in. Moving along. Next time, hopefully, we'll get a few more of those. I, you know, we got a, that's a date we haven't set. I mean, we've we've set some recording time and everything, but we haven't talked about the 10 by 10. Yeah. We'll definitely have to make sure we get some 10 by 10 in. I knew it would be hard. Yeah, yeah it's going to it's gonna be hard this month and next month. We'll have to pick it up probably after. But yeah. Uh, hey, I've got the whole week off between Christmas and... Yeah, I don't. <laughs> Where are your commitments, buddy? Uh, you challenged me to up my game, P- my watch time. PTO. <laughs> <laughs> uh, PTO, I have not. My my commitment is making sure I have PTO to run uh, Protospiel, Minnesota. <laughs> That's my next big time off. Oh, all right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. And... um. No, yeah, that's my next big commitment, Rotterdam, Minnesota. All right, so there you go, everybody. Thank you for hanging out with us. Uh, I'm Jeff King. And I'm a Canadian. And we'll be back very soon. Thank you for checking out United Geeks Network family member. If you enjoyed it and are looking for other online media with a geek culture slant, head over to unitedgeeksnetwork.com where you will find... Geeky Voyage, a geek and pop culture blog that explores a variety of fandoms and many pop culture favorites from film, television, music, and various other topics, with liberal doses of humor, quirky musings, and heavy fangirling thrown in. The United Geeks Network. You can broadcast your geekiness at unitedgeeksnetwork.com. It's been real.